Hey y'all, this is Dr. Amber Thornton here with the Different Perspective Podcast. I am a clinical psychologist who is passionate about mental health, wellness, self-care, culture, diversity, and sharing all the ways I believe black communities, people of color, and other marginalized groups can live their very best lives. Just a disclaimer that while I love that you are listening to this podcast, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. I am not your psychologist, but I am committed to sharing what I know to assist you in living a very happy, healthy, and thriving life. So with that being said, let's get to it. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Amber Thornton here recording episode 19 of A Different Perspective podcast. As always, I'm happy and excited to be recording. I'm up pretty early today. It's like 5.30 in the morning right now. Um, And I usually don't record this early, but I have a busy, busy, busy day ahead. So, you know, when you have a lot to do, you just got to plan accordingly and go with the flow. And that's what I'm doing. So I don't mind it at all. I'm usually an early riser anyways. And recording in the morning is actually not that bad. So... With that being said, I'm excited about today's topic. First, let me say hello to all of the new listeners. I think I said this last time in the last episode. Recently, I have gotten quite a few new listeners, new followers on social media. So shout out to everyone who has been shouting me out and sharing the podcast and, you know, getting the word out, telling people to listen. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And hello to anyone who's listening for the first time. I hope you enjoy this. Um, so today what I want to talk about is going to therapy and I try to think how, how did this topic even come up? I really don't know. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, it really just is some, you know, I don't know when I'm trying to think of topics for my podcast or my blogs, it really just comes out of how I'm feeling in the moment. And so there must have been something that happened recently that reminded me of therapy. But I thought it would be a good topic, especially because we are still in Minority Mental Health Month all through the month of July. We're celebrating Minority Mental Health. And I I talked about this before. You know, in my eyes, July or Minority Mental Health Month is a time to really just dig in and talk about mental health, reducing the stigma, considering the ways that you're going to improve your mental health or considering the ways that you're going to continue to enhance your mental health. This is the time to do it. And we don't only do this in July. We do this all year long. But July is just a nice reminder for us that there are some unique things that impact minority groups, people of color, um, people of marginalized communities in different ways. And that's why we really, really, really 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 need to pay attention to our mental health because it's important this is not something that we can just neglect and feel like we're going to be okay because there's going to be something that happens to you to someone you love and your family just living in america things happen that's going to impact your mental health and so this is why we need to be thinking about this and talking about this so with that being said i realized that when we talk about therapy it's there's a lot of stigma around therapy and going to therapy, seeing a psychologist, you know, especially in black communities, therapy is just not something that you talk about. You know, I can remember growing up or, 
You know, I think many of you can share this experience of you know, nobody talked about mental health. I didn't even know what therapy was until I went to college. And even then, I still didn't go because of all the stigma that was wrapped around it from my past. And so there's so much stigma that then leads to a lot of misunderstanding And as we know that when we don't understand something or when we don't have a lot of knowledge about something, we tend to be fearful of that thing or we tend to have some anxiety around that thing. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about why you, why we are afraid to go to therapy. There's so much fear and misconception, misunderstanding around mental health in therapy and what it means to be a psychologist that it's really hard to talk about sometimes and what that then leads to is people ignoring the symptoms that they have and not getting the help that they need or suffering in silence or trying to get help in silence and that's just not what we want we really really want for this to be destigmatized we need to start talking about this so In order to help us do that, what my plans for this episode is to talk a little bit about therapy. I am going to be transparent today and talk about my experiences of going to therapy. And yes, I know it might feel weird because I'm the psychologist, so I'm supposed to be talking about when people come see me in therapy. But I also want to share that I have gone to therapy too, and it has been helpful and It's something that I plan to do again. And again, this is important because this is how we destigmatize mental health. We do it by talking about it. It can't just be this thing that only those people over there do. It's something that we do, and we're going to talk about it together. So I'm going to share a little bit about my experiences of going to therapy and what that was like. And then towards the middle of this episode, I am going to go through all of the reasons why I believe we are so afraid to go to therapy. And then at the end, we'll wrap up and talk a little bit more about things that we can continue to do to push minority mental health in addition to some upcoming episodes that I have. So let's get started. I'm excited. I feel I feel energized for 530 in the morning. But for those of you who know me personally, this is typical. I'm known to wake up really early. So this actually might be my new normal, y'all, because I feel good right now. Anyways, so I want to start by talking about me going to therapy. As I said before, therapy was just never mentioned when I when I was growing up or my parents never talked about therapy. They have never been to therapy. And if they have, they've never told me about it. I don't know of anyone in my family who's gone to therapy. So it kind of was just a thing where if you were struggling with someone you or if you were struggling with something, you were expected to pray about it, take it to God, go to church, or you were expected to just get over it. And I know that this is not unusual for black communities or black families. This is a common trend and pattern that I hear and I see often when my clients come in and tell me, you know, how their families feel about therapy. It's always this narrative of, you know, my family's against therapy or they they don't believe in therapy. That's the one thing that always gets me when someone says, I don't believe in mental health. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. How do you not believe in science? I, 
I don't know. But that's always the narrative, right? You know, we don't believe in mental health or we don't like to talk about that or that's not something that we do. We have God or we have church. And having God, having church, having religion is great because it enhances your mental health. But sometimes there are other things that you need too, which is psychotherapy, which is mental health service. Those things can go together and pair very well together. So the very first time that I went to therapy was when I was in graduate school. So all that time, I, again, never really knew that therapy was an option for me. It was never something that I I ever felt like I needed or wanted to talk to my parents about because I just didn't know that it was an avenue to go to if I needed some help with anything. I didn't even know about it in undergrad, which is unfortunate because when you're an undergrad, your college or university usually affords you free or reduced cost mental health service. So there probably was some sort of mental health service that I missed out on because I just didn't know. So the very first time that I went to therapy was when I was in grad school. It was, I believe, my second year of grad school. And luckily, because I was a graduate student, we also were given free therapy services. And they probably realized that grad school was a really hard time. And so they let us know upfront that, hey, you all get free therapy services. So if you ever need them, go use them. So that is when I decided to use them in my second year of graduate school because at that time I was really struggling with being back in my hometown because some of you know that when I went to grad school um, I moved back to my hometown for grad school and it was a struggle because I had been away for so long and being back close to family close to different friends I just It felt different and I felt different because I had been away to college and so that adjustment was something that I wasn't ready for. And it was jarring and it was weird and I didn't like it. So I needed to talk to somebody about it because I also didn't feel comfortable talking to my family or friends about it. Going to therapy at that time was really helpful for me because I remember talking with my therapist about a lot of different things. One, about this adjustment to being back home and feeling different in this space that was always familiar to me. And also talking about all of the changes in my relationships that had come about because of my graduating from college and now having a degree and feeling different and and seeing things different. That was a hard adjustment and it was really helpful to talk to somebody about that. It was also helpful to talk to somebody about the craziness of grad school because it was challenging. It was difficult and I had to have a lot of stamina and sometimes I didn't have it and going to therapy was really helpful for me at that time. Even then, when I went to therapy for the first time, I still didn't tell a lot of people. I told some of my close friends, but I I still didn't tell my family at that time um, or other people in my life because there was still so much stigma wrapped around the idea of me going to therapy. And so I was you know, cutting through the stigma a little bit by actually going, but I hadn't cut through it enough to tell people about it which is what I see a lot, honestly, with my clients too. 
they'll go to therapy, but they still won't tell people about it or they won't share it with other people. I'm glad that I went to therapy that first time because it really opened the door for me to return a second time and a third time. I think it, you know, it helped me realize that this was something that anybody could do. This is something that everybody needs every once in a while. It also was helpful for me just as someone who was in process to become someone who was going to do therapy. I felt like I also needed the experience of being a client and that was good for me. My second time going to therapy was actually towards the end of my graduate school years and that was prompted by a really bad breakup that I had. You know, this is something that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet and probably something I should talk about later on is that going through a breakup, you know, a lot of times we like to put a time limit on it. Like, you know, if you were with this person for less than a year, then you shouldn't be struggling with it. Or, you know, if you were with this person for more than five years, then you have a right to be mad, but then you got to get over it. Any type of ending of a relationship is a loss. And with a loss, there's going to be some grief and people process grief in a variety of ways. There's no time limit. There's no there's no start and end date. There's none of that. And so that was the case for me too. I had been in a relationship for about four years and it ended. And it ended somewhat suddenly and it came out of nowhere and I was struggling. <laughs> I was struggling. And I, you know, I just want to again be very transparent because I, I have clients that come in too who have ended a relationship or their relationship has ended and they feel so much shame about going to therapy for this. And I always tell them, girl, you (laughs) coming to therapy is exactly what you need to do at this time because when your relationship ends, it can feel like your whole world has shattered. So I totally understand that. One, because I'm a psychologist and I get that these things are extremely difficult, but two, because I've lived it. And I know that it's extremely difficult. So there is no shame in going to therapy for a breakup. That's exactly what therapy's for. And it's helpful. So that is why I went that second time. I was really struggling with this loss because it was very confusing to me. And I didn't know what to do with it. And it was one of my first major relationships. And in addition to that, it was at the end of my grad school years. And it was right before the time where I was going to move away to California across the country to do a year-long internship. So there was a lot that I was able to process in therapy that second time. I was able to talk about the end of my relationship. I was able to really go through a lot of the emotions I felt around that. There was a lot of grief. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of internalized... uh, I don't... I can't think of the word, but... Pretty much what I'm trying to say is in that moment, I felt really bad about myself. I felt like I wasn't good enough because if I was, this relationship would have lasted and blah, 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 blah. You know, I got to go through all of that in therapy because I actually believed that if I didn't go to therapy at that time, I don't think I would like myself right now. And that's a scary thought, actually. I'm really glad that I went to therapy because I was able to talk about these feelings. I was able to get them out hand them to someone else, have that other person sort through all these feelings with me. And then she was able to give them back to me and say, hey, these feelings are actually very normal right now. And this is what we can do about it. It was so helpful. And 
I, again, I would recommend to anyone if you've gone through a breakup, please consider going to therapy because it's really, really helpful. In addition, at that time, I know I said I, I was about to move. And so it was really helpful for me to process and talk about endings. There were so many endings happening at that time and what it meant for me to move and what it meant for me to graduate in a year or so and what it meant for me to also become a psychologist. So there was so much that I got out of therapy that second time that I'm really grateful for. Lastly, my third time going to therapy actually was with my fiance. I've recently gone to premarital therapy in order to prepare for marriage. I think some of you know that I'm engaged and I'm getting married in October. And so premarital therapy is something that we wanted to do just to make sure that we were good, you know, because it's a it's a tragic thing to go into a marriage not feeling sure or not knowing or not having um, hashed out some issues. And so that is what we have done. And that has also been extremely helpful. I think that was new for me because when I had never gone to couples therapy or premarital therapy, I never had gone to therapy with anyone else. And so it was a very interesting experience to share such an intimate setting with someone else. But I think it was really useful because with going to any type of couples or premarital therapy or counseling, you are able to share your experiences, your feelings, but then also understand the other person, which really enhanced the communication. It enhances the level of emotional intimacy. It enhances the level of honesty that you share with your partner. So that has been a really great experience. We're actually wrapping that up and I'm excited to go again in the future because I think it's great for if you're having difficulties with your relationship or with your marriage, but even if you just need a tune-up. That's exactly what the psychologist told us. If you need a tune-up, you know, even if it's just one session just to talk something out, come on back because this is the place to do it. And I, I totally agree with her. So those have been my therapy experiences and they won't be my last. I will be going back to therapy because therapy makes me a better person personally, but it also helps me become a better psychologist and a better clinician because I can't do this work if I'm not taken care of. I can't help other people if I'm not taking my own mental health very seriously as well. I'm so happy that you're listening to A Different Perspective podcast. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast so you'll always be up to date with all the new episodes. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also, please do head over to iTunes to give me a review. This just helps the podcast become more visible and it lets other people know that it's dope. And reach out to me. I love hearing from all of you, and I really want to know who you are, how you're doing, and what you'd like to hear from me. So hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at Dr. Amber Thornton. You can also email me at podcast at dramberthornton.com. All right, y'all. So now... I have talked about my therapy experiences. I want to now move into all the reasons why I believe that we are so afraid to go to therapy. These are reasons that I have seen in my profession with the clients that I've talked to and the clients that I've seen. These are things that I've read about. So this is just my belief of why 
we are so afraid to go to therapy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through 10 reasons why, and for each one, I'm going to give a little bit of a reality snapshot of what's really happening there because in my mind these fears that we have they're kind of like myths and misconceptions but then with that we need to talk about the reality of what's really happening because when we have something that's a myth or a misconception or a misunderstanding we need to illuminate it to really know what the truth is and so that's what I'm going to do today. So number one reason why we are afraid to go to therapy is something I hear a lot therapy is for white people. I'm sure that you guys have heard that before. This misconception or this idea that therapy is not for people of color, therapy is not for black people, it's for white people. With this, I blame pop culture. I I blame white supremacy. I blame systemic racism for creating this this image or this picture that therapy is something that only white people can have or even um, just socioeconomically we believe that it's only something that rich people or wealthy people can have and this is false. So I I read a stat from the um, Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health and it's just one statistic because I felt like I only needed one statistic to prove this thing wrong. And it says that African-Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. 20% more likely. That's a big deal. And that single statistic right there is enough to demonstrate that black people, people of color, other marginalized groups, we also need therapy we also need mental health service because there are things that are impacting us in different ways and at higher rates and so therapy is not just for black people therapy is for anybody who has a desire or a need to improve their mental health because when you again when you go to therapy you get the tools to learn how to improve your mental health how to maintain and sustain your mental health and that is for everybody i want us to get rid of this idea that it's only for white people or it's only for a certain group of people because that is not true it closes us off to getting the keys and we need the keys too because we also need to be thriving second reason for why I believe we're afraid to go to therapy. We believe that therapy is expensive. So yes, therapy is expensive. Therapy can be expensive. I'm not going to lie, especially if you go to a private practice or if you see someone who only takes um, cash or doesn't take insurance, it can be expensive. Sometimes it can run up to 150 per session if you are not using insurance. However, However, there are so many ways and so many opportunities for people to really take advantage of therapy, either for free or at low cost. And so these are the ways that I think we don't, I think we just don't have enough understanding of therapy or we don't look into it enough to really know that these things are a possibility or opportunities for us. So I want you to consider these the following five ways that you can engage in therapy in a much cheaper way. One, if you're a college student, if you go to a college or a university, your college or university likely has free or reduced cost mental health service. Most of the colleges or universities I've been to have this. The, the university that I work at right now, I see college students and we don't charge 
a thing. They have up to 12 sessions for the academic year and it's free. So if you are in college or if you're in grad school, inquire about your counseling center or the sessions that they offer because they are likely free or at a very low cost. When you're in college, that's the perfect time to go to therapy because it'll probably be the cheapest time ever. Seriously. Also, if you're employed and you have benefits, your benefits package likely will include something called an EAP or an Employee Assistance Program, and they offer mental health services. A lot of times they'll offer you up to five to six sessions for free, and this usually is per year or per problem. And so if you maybe start in the beginning of the year and have a problem with anxiety, you use those sessions, but then another problem around grief pops up. You can call them and say, hey, I have another problem. I need another set of sessions and they'll give them to you for free. So that is also an untapped resource. Look into your employee benefits because they often have these benefits that nobody knows about and the EAP, mental health benefits, is one of them. Another thing that you should consider if you wanna go to therapy but want it to be inexpensive, community mental health resources. So. In our communities, there are community-based resources, and a lot of times these community mental health centers are a little bit cheaper or they offer reduced rates for people who have lower income. So these are not private practices, these are not private clinicians, they are centers that are publicly funded or funded by the government to provide mental health service. So they're gonna be a little bit more um, cost-effective for you. So if you want to find one in your area, maybe Google community mental health centers near me or type in community mental health centers in your current location and Google will probably give you a list of some that are around you. Another thing you wanna do is inquire about the sliding scale fee or sliding fee scale, sorry. Um, this is something that you see in community mental health centers, but also some private practice clinicians will have a sliding fee scale. And what that is, is just um, a payment option that reduces some of the cost based on your income. So that's another thing that can make this a little bit more cost effective. And then lastly, something that is new and up and coming is online versions of therapy. This is something that people on Twitter have been asking me about. About. They keep asking me, do you do online therapy? And I do not right now, but it's something that I'm looking into and I want to start doing eventually. But with that being said, research and read about online therapy because not only is it more accessible to people, but it's also seeming like it's going to be a little bit more cheaper for people too. So that's another way that you can go to therapy um, with lower cost. Okay, going back to the list of why we are afraid to go to therapy, number three is that having to go to therapy feels embarrassing. I hear this a lot. I remember feeling this way too. Um, so with that feeling of embarrassment, yes, I'm not going to lie, it does feel embarrassing when you first go to therapy, especially if you attribute mental health and the need for therapy to weakness. A lot of times people of color especially black communities, we see needing 
to talk to somebody or needing mental health therapy is us being weak or us lacking faith in God. And that's just not true. And so when we have that belief, it can feel embarrassing because we then feel like something's wrong with us. So I'm, I'm here to say that that's not true. And despite feeling embarrassed, really what I want to say is that, you know, yeah, okay, that initial feeling of embarrassment, okay. But you know what's going to feel better? You know, when you push through that feeling of embarrassment, you go to therapy, you get your needs met, you get all the tools and the keys to, you know, get back on your feet and get your mental health together, then you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel so much more secure. You're going to feel satisfied. You're going to feel reward, rewarded because you feel better. And so in that moment when you're feeling all of those positive feelings, that embarrassment won't even matter. Those positive feelings that you'll get out of going to therapy will totally outweigh that initial temporary feeling of embarrassment. So really what I want to do is challenge you to push through that initial feeling of embarrassment because that is just a feeling. And you know, yes, you're going to feel embarrassed. It's not something that we can take away, but you can challenge yourself to push through that because on the other side of that embarrassment, there's reward, there's satisfaction, there's joy, there's the keys and the tools to mental health. So you got to push that. You got to push through that because there's some really good things on the other side of it. Fourth reason why I believe we are so afraid to go to therapy is that Again, what I just said, needing to go to therapy for some people means that you're weak or you're broken. This is, you know, if I could get rid of one of the stigmas or one of the misconceptions about mental health, this would be the one. Because I think too many of us believe that this is for people that is that is broken or, or people who go to therapy are weak. And that's far from the case. Far from the case. Really, people who go to therapy or who need therapy, they're just human, and they realize that sometimes they need some help. You know, I kind of think about it like, you know the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Yes, it does, but you know what? The further I get into this adulting life, I realize it takes a village to raise me as an adult, too, <laughs> and I need help sometimes, and I know if I need help sometimes, I'm not the only one. You know, becoming an adult doesn't really mean that you should be able to handle everything on your own. We need help. We need people. We need our friends. We need our families. We need our loved ones. And sometimes we need the help of a stranger who calls themselves a psychologist. So, you know, it takes a village to maintain an adequate lifestyle and a healthy mental health and wellness. And, you know, in that village, sometimes it's going to include a therapist or a psychologist. So it's not that you're broken, it's that you're human and that sometimes you need help because that's what humans do. We help each other. Nobody's supposed to be out here living alone and doing everything on their own. You need some help. So you're not weak. You know, deciding to go to therapy means that you have made the decision to take care of yourself and that's actually a very noble and very smart decision. It means that you're smart when you go to therapy. The fifth thing that I believe... Um, keeps us from going to therapy or keeps us afraid of going to therapy. And this one is one that I hear a lot, but I, I don't think we pay attention to. And it's this idea of going to therapy will feel like a betrayal to my family. 
this I think is very pertinent to black communities because we are a very collective group. We value family, we value relationships. We don't like to snitch. We don't like to tell on each other. We like to keep our family business private. We don't like to air our dirty laundry. And so a lot of times when you go to therapy, it might feel like you're telling on people or you're airing family business. And that's just something that we've always been taught not to do. So that can feel really uncomfortable to people. But to that, what I want to say is that your therapy is for you. Your therapist or your psychologist is not going to be there to badmouth your family. They're not going to be there to judge your family. They're not going to be there to try to get you to turn against your family. You know, it's totally possible to have very positive feelings about your family while also acknowledging that maybe there were some things that happened in our families that didn't go right or some things that our families did to us that hurt us or are still hurting us. You can still love your family while also acknowledging the pain or the negative things that have happened. And this is what I want us to do. It it can't just be one way. It can't just be, I love my family, so I'm never going to speak ill of them. I'm never going to speak about these hard things. It has to be a balance because honestly, in all families, there's some good times and there's some really, really bad times. And with those really, really bad times, sometimes we need to talk about it with somebody because not talking about those things and kind of holding on to them and pushing them away because we don't want to betray our family. That's only keeping us from becoming the great people that we need to become. It's going to keep us from becoming better professionals. It's going to keep us from becoming better partners to our partners. It's going to keep us from becoming really good parents. And so this is something that is honestly really good to process in therapy. It's okay to talk about some of the family traumas or the negative family issues that happened because you need to talk them out, you need to get them out, you need to share them, gain a different perspective about them so that you can then learn to forgive your family or you can learn to be closer to your family or you can learn to set up some boundaries with your family if you need to. This is not a portrayal on your family. This is something that you need to do for you because it's going to set up a system where you then can have better relationships with your family or with the future family that you may have. It's also something I think with black families, that's the one thing that really keeps us from moving forward with our mental health is this idea of family secrets. We keep things so private, but honestly, secrets kind of erode and evade our mental health and our spiritual health and our emotions secrets aren't healthy and so it is okay to talk about these things in therapy okay number six reason why i believe we are afraid to go to therapy a lot of us don't want to talk to strangers about our problems that's the thing i hear a lot is like i don't want to talk to a stranger about my problem i don't want to go see a stranger and you know open up and share all this stuff Honestly, for me, that has never been a problem because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I feel more comfortable sharing something with someone that I don't know and who I might not ever see again because for me, and I know this isn't the case for everybody, but for me, that feels safer because it's something that I know this person isn't going to use against me or it's not something that... um, they will continue to, you know, whatever. I don't know this person, so who cares what they think about me? But for a lot of other people, that is very uncomfortable. 
So that's why I wanted to address this today because I hear it a lot. So what I say to that is that, yes, of course, your therapist or your psychologist, they will start out as a stranger to you. But a lot of times, you know, once you continue to get to know them and you meet with them regularly, this person actually ends up becoming a very, very close confidant. You know, not a friend because our therapists are not our friends, but they are someone who we feel that we can trust with our information and who will respect our boundaries and who will respect our confidentiality. So, you know, with anybody, a lot of people in our lives start out as strangers, but we give it time to progress into something deeper and more meaningful. And I think that's what we need to do with therapy. You know, the thing with therapy is that I think sometimes people forget that when you go to therapy, you have the power to control the pace of that session. If you want to go slow, tell your therapist you want to go slow. If you want to just jump right in and open up your soul right there in that first session, tell them that's what you want to do. It's up to you. And so if you don't feel comfortable sharing a lot in the front end, you know, work on building a relationship with your therapist first. And if it's a good therapist or a good psychologist, they'll understand that. Because honestly, a lot of times our first sessions are just building rapport anyways. So also with that, I think, you know, I want people to be less afraid of talking to a a quote unquote stranger about your problems in therapy, because a lot of times that's where you get the best guidance and perspective. You know, a lot of times it is really difficult to get guidance or perspective from someone who is so close to us like a family member or a partner because they're biased right you know they're biased they know your life they know your business so they're really giving you a perspective um of their own based on what they've seen you go through but the good thing about going to a therapist or a psychologist is this is an unbiased opinion this is someone who doesn't know you so you really get a very clear outsider perspective on what's going on and a lot of times that's exactly what we need you need someone who will be able to not personalize some of the things that you're talking about or going through and who can really give you this outside perspective it's kind of like a third-party perspective outsider looking in to really help you through some of this so that is a really key element of therapy you know we're we're lucky that these people are strangers because could you imagine getting therapy from like your family or it would just be weird and that's exactly why that's unethical so it's okay that this person is a stranger because that is the richness of therapy and it's cool because this person's not going to be a stranger for long Okay, number seven reason why I believe we are afraid to go to therapy. I hear this a lot. People say to me, I'm afraid I may lose control of my emotions in therapy. So I think that people who are afraid of this one in particular, what's happening with them is that they have had a lot of distressing emotions for a a long time. They've, they've let these emotions build without having any release or without getting any help. And they've just, you know, gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, some of you might be able to relate to this when you are upset about something or when you have some sort of emotion and you don't channel it effectively or you don't have someone to talk to about it. It doesn't go anywhere. It just grows. It gets bigger. That emotion just sits and it sits. And then it feels like you're going to explode. And that, I think, is what's happening for these people who are afraid that they might lose control in therapy. Because there's, there's 
it's probably been that they've been sitting on these emotions for years. And so they're thinking, if I go to therapy and finally uncover all of the stuff that I've been pushing back all of my life, it's going to take me over it and the emotions will never stop. So what I say to that is, you know, our emotions can feel very, very overwhelming, especially when we're right at the brink of needing to go to therapy. But honestly, it's a lot safer to let those emotions out in therapy than to keep letting them build. Because when we just hold on to our emotions, it's kind of like getting a bottle of pop and shaking it up. The pressure just builds and it builds and it builds. And then when you finally want to open it it just explodes but the great thing about when you finally open it it explodes but not for forever just for a few seconds right and so that's what it's going to be like when you finally go to therapy you're going to go with all this pressure and you're finally going to take off that cap and it's going to like spill all over the floor but then it'll stop and then we'll clean it up and then we'll move on right that is exactly what therapy is going to be like. But I would rather you explode and spill all over the floor than to be walking around with all this pressure for the rest of your life because that is going to continue to harm your mental health and also begin to harm your physical health as well. So it's not that these emotions are going to just continue to go forever and you won't be able to stop them. What you're feeling is the pressure that's keeping the emotions down. So really in that moment, you do need to take the cap off and taking the cap off is going to therapy. These emotions, you're not gonna lose control over your emotions. It's not gonna last forever. And the great thing about going to therapy is that your therapist or your psychologist is specially trained to know how to help you to contain your emotions, how to help you to soothe yourself in these times, Therapy is one of the safest places to handle your emotions because you're with someone who's trained to deal with them. Number eight, a lot of people are afraid to go to therapy because they're afraid that they won't find a therapist who will truly get them. I also understand this and um, recently have been having a lot of conversations on social media about uh, the idea of black people wanting black therapists. And I think that's because we want to talk to someone who understands our culture, understands our backgrounds, understands our experiences. I had a tweet, like, <laughs> this tweet went viral, y'all. Like, probably a lot of you have seen it because I tweeted something about how I really love talking to my clients about, like, Lemonade and Beyonce and Solange. And now I'll be able to talk to my clients about 444. And that just exploded. And I think it exploded in the way that it did because... This is exactly what we want. When we go to therapy, we want somebody who gets those things, right? Because I don't know about y'all, but 444, Beyonce, like pop culture, black pop culture is something that is integral to my life. And it would be weird to have a clinician or a psychologist or a therapist who didn't get those things about me. You know, I'm not saying that the therapy wouldn't be effective, but there would be something missing. And so I think that's the thing that we're afraid of. We assume that, yeah, we're not going to find a therapist that really gets gets me. So I'm just not going to go. So I don't think that's the right way to go. I think, you know, if you feel like you want 
a black therapist or a therapist who is like-minded, consider looking into a few therapist directories. I know I've been tweeting and sharing a lot of them. The three that I've been sharing is um, the one by Association of Black Psychologists. They have a therapist directory on their website. Also, Psychology Today has a way that you can put in some filters to um, say what type of therapist you want, and that could be helpful. Also, Therapy for Black Girls, on that website, there is a therapist directory where you can look and see if there's a black therapist in your area. So don't be discouraged by not finding the right person right away. I want you to continue to look, but I also want you to keep an open mind because, and I know I've shared this before, Yes, it would be amazing to have a super dope black psychologist who who loves 444 and who can talk about Beyonce and just all this stuff. But you can also still have a very rich and valid therapy experience with someone else who maybe doesn't look like you, but who is willing and open to trying. So that also can be a very healing experience. I don't want you to be suffering because you can't find the right fit. I want you to go try things on. We can't just look at it and say, ah, that's not going to fit. We got to go try it. And once you go try it, if it doesn't fit, go look for someone else. This is what you have to do sometimes. Because that first fit with a therapist might not always be the one, but there might be someone else. Okay, number nine, reason why I believe that we are afraid to go to therapy. Someone said this the other day, if I go to therapy, they will put me away or they'll take my children away. I have actually had a few clients say this to me. Um, I have worked with a few parents and a lot of parents are afraid to admit that they have mental health challenges because they fear that the state or the psychologist they're working with will recommend that their children be taken away or people assume that you know if I talk about suicidality one time that means that they're going to institutionalize me and that's not true so what I want to say to that is that you know the fear of being institutionalized hospitalized put away or the fear that your children are going to be taken away those are valid those are valid but those occurrences are very rare in the grand scheme of mental health services, it's, it's, it's generally rare that we have to hospitalize someone. It's extremely rare, rare that we take someone's children away. You know, I think the thing that we don't realize is that there are so many other steps in between that process that lead up to this point, right? So, for example, there's no way that, you know, somebody can come into my office and that very first day of meeting them, I'm like, well, we got to take your kids right now. And you know what? I'm going to put you into this mental institution. It's very, very rare. Actually, with this, I also blame pop culture because I think a lot of depictions of therapists and people with mental health difficulties, it's always very extreme, like on TV or in movies. And, you know, a lot of the times these things don't happen as frequently as we think. So... I want you to be aware that sometimes people are hospitalized when they are a threat to themselves or others in the immediate present, but you can go to therapy and talk about suicidality or having suicidal thoughts without any any fear of being hospitalized or put away. You know, as long as you are not a danger to yourself in that moment, 
you are free to talk to your therapist and your therapist will help you without wanting to put you away in an institution. Again, these things are rare. These They happen, but it's rare. And at the rate that people are afraid of it, I think it's a little disproportional with the amount of times that it happens. Actually, I plan on doing um, a podcast episode very soon about suicidality and suicide within black communities. So that episode will be one to stay tuned for because I'm going to talk a little bit more about the idea of suicide and what happens when you talk to your therapist about feeling suicidal. So stay tuned for that. Okay, very last reason why I believe that we are afraid to go to therapy. And it is, if I go to therapy, I will get a diagnosis. So yes, when you go to therapy, you usually receive a diagnosis. Honestly, diagnoses are mostly for billing purposes for insurance because your insurance company wants to know that you have an actual mental health diagnosis so that they can have a reason to pay for it. You know, but with receiving a diagnosis, there actually can be some benefit to receiving a diagnosis because really what a diagnosis is, is a label. It is a label that says, hey, this person has all of these symptoms, so this sounds like depression. You know, the thing about with receiving a diagnosis is that even if you didn't go get that diagnosis, you still have those symptoms. You know, so really getting a diagnosis in that moment, it doesn't change much about the reality of your situation because you still had those symptoms before you got this diagnosis. So what the diagnosis will do is it'll help illuminate, you know, what you need to do to take care of this diagnosis. When you get a diagnosis, it doesn't become you. You know, you are not depressed. You have depression. It's a, this is something that is outside of you. I don't want, you know, it's when, let me put my words together. I prefer that people externalize their diagnosis. You know, you are not bipolar. You have bipolar disorder. You are not depressed. You have depression. You know, I, I, I like that that shift in wording because I think a lot of times when we personalize our diagnosis and internalize them, it becomes us and it becomes this person um, and then we feel like we're hopeless or we don't have control. And what I, I like to say is that this diagnosis, a lot of times it's temporary. A lot of times it's treatable. A lot of times there are things that you can do and tools that you can use to cope, especially for the ones that are not temporary because there are some mental health diagnoses that are more life lifelong and chronic but even with those there are still tools and coping skills and coping mechanisms so this is something that you have but it doesn't have you it doesn't have control over your life so with your diagnosis if you are afraid of receiving a diagnosis think about it in that way and I hope that is helpful to you all right y'all those were the reasons I believe we are afraid to go to therapy hopefully listening to that and going through that is useful to someone and you know my hope is that listening and hearing that will help to change the mind of someone who maybe has been considering going to therapy maybe knowing that other people have these fears and that there's a different way to think about it will push someone further in the process of deciding that yes I do want to go to therapy and I want to make this work for me so please if this was helpful share it with someone um 
As with most of my podcast episodes, this one also comes with a blog post. So I have the same information in a blog post titled, Are You Afraid to Go to Therapy? I'll put that post in the show notes for this episode. So share this episode, share that post if you believe that it is helpful for someone else. So again, it is still Minority Mental Health Month. So continue to be thinking about this, pushing this idea, sharing this stuff on your social media because we need to be talking about mental health all month long and really all year long. Also, I wanted to let y'all know that, and I usually don't do this, this is why I'm excited about this part. I have an idea of what the rest of my podcast episodes are going to be like for the next month or so so wanted to give you a quick snapshot I know previously I said I'm, I'm planning to do an episode on suicide and suicidality in the black communities because one interesting thing that we are seeing in the field is that suicide among young black boys is on the rise and that is concerning so I want to talk about that I plan to do a podcast episode about my natural hair journey. A few people have been asking me about my hair and actually my five-year anniversary of my natural hair journey is coming up. So I want to share and talk a little bit about that and what that's been like for me. I also want to do a series about going to therapy because I know that in this episode I talked about the fears around therapy, but I also think it's really important for you guys to know what to expect if you do decide to go to therapy. So later down the line, I'm gonna do a two to three-parter series about going to therapy. And then another episode I really want to do and I plan to do soon is about womanism or black feminism. That is something that I talk a lot about on social media. Um, and it's something that I'm passionate about. I'm currently reading Black Feminist Thought. The book is super dense, so I know I've been reading it for months, but trust me, I'm really reading it. I'm trying to get through it. So I want to do an episode on that as well. So stay tuned. Hopefully these things sound interesting to you because I'm excited to talk about these things with you all in the future. All right, y'all, I am out. I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm so happy that you're listening to A Different Perspective podcast. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast so you'll always be up to date with all the new episodes. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also, please do head over to iTunes to give me a review. This just helps the podcast become more visible and it lets other people know that it's dope. And reach out to me. I love hearing from all of you and I really want to know who you are, how you're doing, and what you'd like to hear from me. So hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at Dr. Amber Thornton. You can also email me at podcast at dramberthornton.com.